What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my colleague, NBA futures analyst and NFL writer, Brandon Anderson. And this is your Atlantic Division preview, or as we like to call it, who the fuck knows? We'll have all of that covered. We will have best bets for you in this episode, and we'll recap them at the end of the show. A reminder that everything that we talk about and bet on today's show will be in the award-winning Action Network app, the best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information where the bets, money you're coming in on. We've got projections in there. Uh, the best thing about it, for uh, alongside the awesome content, as well as this podcast and all of our videos, is if you're watching a game, it's got a live updated win probability for both the spread, money line, and total. So if you're tracking these bets and you want to know exactly what your percentage is, you can do that. As well as if you're watching these games, you want to know how much time you have left on before halftime to get a snack and go to the bathroom. It's got halftime clock on. It's absolutely amazing. It's got that for all the sports. Make sure to check that out. The award-winning Action Network app. All right, Brandon, we're going to start today. Uh, for those that don't know, by the way, because I hear a lot that people don't really keep track of the divisions, which you should. They matter. They really do. I know it doesn't seem like it, but trust me, they do. Uh, the Atlantic division is made up of the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sorry, the Brooklyn Nets branding opportunity, uh, the New York Knicks and the Toronto Raptors. We will start today with the highest number on the entire win totals board, the reigning defending Eastern Conference champion, the Boston Celtics. They're over under. You can find a 54 and a half at Circa. And there is an under 55 and a half at FanDuel. There are other 55 and a halves in the market. There was a 56 and a half earlier in the summer, which I bet because this, Brandon, is my absolute best bet for this division. It is a five-unit play for me. It is one of wow. my strongest bets. I am all the way in on the under. We'll talk about why, but first I need to hear your projection. Wow, that is a strong lead. So I'm excited to talk about this one. I have the Celtics, much to everyone's surprise, I'm sure. Number one, defensively. That's where they were last year. They were phenomenal. That's where I have them this year. Not quite as high, but they can fall off and still finish number one or near the top. At the number nine on offense. And then projected at somewhere between 50 to 58 wins. So a clear 50-win team, obviously, clearly a threat to put up a big monster season. We saw that for the final stretch of last season into the playoffs. We kept waiting for things to peter off and slow down. It never really got there. And we're basically running it back. You know, I, I thought this was going to be a very, not a very different looking team, but they added Malcolm Brogdon. They added Danilo Gallinari. Well, now they didn't add Danilo Gallinari because he is out for the year. So basically you take last year's team and you just put in Derek White for Dennis Schroeder the rest of the season, and then you add Brogdon to it. It's basically a bet on continuity, coaching, defense. It's going to be a good team. It is a high win total. So we talked about when we did the how to bet win totals episode, we talked about our approaches to this, and yours is very team-centric, which fits with the way that you view sports and sports betting. And I certainly, I think when I got into action, that's where I started. I have moved progressively and aggressively more towards playing the number 
there are teams and we'll talk about one in the next episode that I am absolutely playing a, a team centric angle on. Uh, I think you have to, you can't just play the market. You can't just play the number, but I think it does need to line up. And I want to look at the idea of what the market is saying and whether or not that is most often exaggerated and how often those market expectations wind up being accurate. And that's why for me, this starts with the Boston Celtics are the most hyped team. There is not a team that is higher in the board. They are the title favorites. And those two things are obviously correlated. If you have the highest win total, you are considered to be the best team. Your odds will be the best. Now, I don't necessarily know if that's the way that it should be given what we know about the NBA regular season and how teams approach it. Right. Like there's a lot of teams that don't necessarily try in the regular season that we know are going to be title contenders, but from this perspective, just based off a of team strength, there's a relationship there. The issue is that when I look at all the trends, it essentially says any team, any team in Boston situation, I need to fade. The last 20 years, over the last 20 years of, of data that we have, the title favorite before the season begins has gone under on their win total in 13 of 20 and seven of the last 10. Hmm. So 13 out of 20 is a, okay, you know, a couple teams there, a couple teams there, here, here, there, you get to a very different outcome. It's still significant to me that it's, it's generally going to the under. Um, but seven of the last 10, I think, really projects where the NBA is at now, about how teams approach the regular season, about how much rest factors in. And it reflects to me also an impact in the market where we have more betters. We do have all these states now that are impacting the market. There is more of a public sense. And teams like Boston are the ones that people want to bet on. Oh, man, the Celtics are going to be awesome. Do you see how good they were at the end of the season? If things had gone differently in the finals, they could have won it. This, that, and the other. Oh, and they added Malcolm Brogdon. All these types of things. And I'm like, I'm super high on the Malcolm Brogdon thing. Like, super high on that addition. It's exactly what I think they needed. Let's go to another trend, though. Teams with a minus 1.6 Pythagorean win differential or less. So teams that underperform, I've talked about this on every episode, they've gone under 56% of the time. The Celtics are an outlier here in that they were actually four wins worse. Those teams, four wins or worse than the record, have actually gone 11 and eight to the over. And you go like, well, hang on here, Matt. Like we've got a trend that basically says that these teams tend to go under, but if they get to this level, they go over. I would agree with you, except for the fact that this line is that high. And that leads me to my final trend point, Brandon. Win totals of 55 or more are 15 and eight to the under in the last 10 years. If you have a win total over 55, you tend to go under. If it's over 50, you tend to go under. If it's over 55, you tend to go under a much higher percentage of the time. I'll ask you this question. Do you believe the Boston Celtics will be as good as they were last season for the over the duration they won't be good month by month that's not yeah. how it works but over the duration do you think they'll be as good just not win wise just basketball team wise do you think they'll be as good of a team this season as they were the last four months of last season okay so that's what i was going to clarify no i do not i think they will be as good this season on the whole as they were last season on the whole because those early months count just like the last months do and i think they will be as good or better this year than all of last year. I do not think, and I don't honestly think it's reasonable to think that they will be what they were those last four months. We just, nothing in basketball or any sport tells us that a team can be that good and then just keep on doing it. it, There's just very little expectation that that can happen. And 
you talked about Pythagorean, a thing that surprised me with the Celtics, because that was the first thing that jumped out. If you look at like basketball references, expected wins, the Celtics were eight wins under expectation. You said four, and there's different ways to measure this, eight wins. So like we, we talked about, you said, you know, I kind of look at things team-centric and you look at things number-centric a little more. The Celtics are a solid, perfect Venn diagram overlap for me on where I have to decide, okay, which thing am I? Because when I look at this team, I'm in. I like the team. This fits to a T, the rubric that I have. you've heard from me over and over again. I like defense. I like coaching. I like consistency and floor. This is that. This is that team. They're going to win a lot of games. I think they have a very high floor. I think they're very likely a 50-plus win team. It's just a high number. And at first, I was like, okay, well, they won eight games less than they should have last year, according to this one formula. But then you look back, and the year before, they won three less games than they should have. And the year before that, they won two less games than they should have. And the year before that, three less games than they should have. Well, now I have a trend. And I don't know what that trend means. Maybe the trend says, all right, well, this number is not as useful. Maybe the SRS and some of those Pythagoreans are not as strong. Maybe something the Celtics are doing is gaming the numbers a little bit. Maybe they're just not that good of a clutch team. We already kind of think that anyway, when it comes down to these close games. Any of those things make sense, but... It's telling to me that the Celtics could be every bit as good as I think they have the potential to be by expected wins and Pythagorean wins and still go under this number because it's just too high. So I like the team. I don't like the number. I'm passing because I think it's just too close for me and I don't want to bet against a team I like this much. But if I had to play it, I would lean under on this one. Yeah, and I think I'm comfortable betting the under. And that's one of the things I've kind of had to evolve on is just is getting to that point of what you're talking about. I think some of the best value is often in these spots where you can basically be like, look, I don't think this team's good, but the number's bad. And if the number basically says, and again, we'll talk about this in, in, in Thursday's <laughs> episode. If the number basically says this is going to be a horrible team and you're like, no, they're just not very good. They're just below average. There's value there. Everyone always says the word value, and, and you know, someone's uh, commenting on this on Twitter. Ben Fox, I think, mentioned this, that you need to, to actually be able to define what, what value is. And in win totals, for me, it really very seriously is, is the market over or under expecting based off of the perception of what these teams are? The Celtics are awesome. The Celtics being awesome and winning 55 games are not the same thing. They can be an awesome team. They were awesome last year. They had better title odds than the Heat who finished above them, and that was for a good reason. And so a lot of this, you mentioned like these numbers. By the way, I'll note, um, I used four because I couldn't get to a high enough sample with where they're <laughs> at. Uh, cleaning the glass has them 7.8. So that's where okay. the eight comes from. So in non-garbage time, 7.8 wins worse than they should have been so this big this big drop off and it's such a big one that i don't have a lot of a sample so i kind of needed to move it back to the threshold and see what it looked like sure um it does kind of even out and the few teams that we had it was about 500 it wasn't like this oh they all they all went over no but again some some messiness there if i look at the team if i need a basketball reason to go against it Mm-hmm. right and i think you do i don't think i can just be like well i think the number's too high and so i'm just gonna play like i'm just gonna play the no, number. i mean i think you can i think when the yeah. number is this high i think you could just do that in this case but what's the basketball reason so they're only 57 percentile at pick and roll robert williams missed a big chunk of the season but they really don't have like a, their primary ball handlers are not heavy pick and roll players 
their scheme is always a little bit weird because it's basically a lot of perimeter action that generates high percentage looks mostly based off of uh, how often they shoot threes. And that's good. We like that. They're only 14th and three point percentage. Like this isn't necessarily like a killer offensive. They are, they are not like the most dynamite, awesome offensive team. The defensive capability, I think, is largely built off of one major factor, which is the Celtics can switch. Like they don't, they're not bound to having to. Now they play a lot of drop with Robert Williams because Robert Williams is an awesome drop defender, but they're able to basically scheme to whatever it is. And that gives you an inherent advantage versus most NBA teams. I do think we're heading in the direction of seeing more diversity and that might impact things a little bit where I think teams will be a little bit more used to playing switching this season, because I think we're going to see it more and more and more. So many of these teams are going small. I think if you look at is Jalen Brown going to be as good as he was last year, I think it's decent to be like, no, I think there's an okay chance that he could regress a little bit. Uh, Marcus smart. How's he going to fit with, with Brogdon? I think that's like a decent question to ask. In terms of winning 56 games, again, all I got to do is be able to make the case they're not going to win 56 games or more. If you want a good example of, okay, Matt, have you been, is, is there any recent example you can think of, of this kind of thing being wrong? <laughs> Last year, the Phoenix Suns were a perfect example of this. They won 55 games and then they came back and they won 60 plus. Like they absolutely dominated because they were the best team in the league and they lost the finals the exact same way the Boston Celtics did. So there's a very recent anecdotal, yeah, but what about the Suns matter? For me, I am willing to put a full five units on the idea that the Boston Celtics, whether by with the risk of injury, regression, all of these types of things, including their struggles in clutch games, which has continued to be a trend over the years, this is enough to get me to a point where I think the under, specifically at a number over 55, has value. Okay. I, and if you think that is one win that important, it is to me in this instance, you should always try and get the best number. You should always shop around. We preach that constantly at action. But for me, if you're, if we're going to do this, it's got to be one of those 55 and a half overs. It could be 55 and a half. It could be 56, but I do not under any circumstances want a 54 and a half. I think it's entirely possible. They would, I want that win. I want the, I want to get under the 55. <laughs> That's a bit. Yeah. Hard. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. To me, the reason why, from a basketball sense, why I don't want to bet against this team. If you look, it's not just last year. We know how great they were last year. Clearly, that was a step up than anything we've seen. But last five seasons, and it is a wonky five seasons, and we've had shortened seasons and bubble seasons and everything. Last five seasons, they've had a top seven defense four of the five seasons. They've had a top 10 offense four seasons in a row. And they've had a 49-win season or pace, if it was a shortened year, for the five years. That's a very, very established floor for a, a core that's still there. So that's the reason, and again, 49 is not 55. I'm not saying that that's why you should bet the over, but if I know that there's a very good chance that we're looking at 49-50 wins, my margin of error is super thin, to your point. That's why you need that every win to count here. To, to your case... You mentioned Robert Williams and how important he is to them. I think the other reason why you could bet under here and make the basketball case, it's not just Rob Williams. Al Horford is the one guy on this team that is not getting any younger and who really could fall off, especially after a grueling deep run last year. And we saw in those playoffs on the night when Al kind of went missing, so did Boston. Like He was a real bellwether for what they're doing. And to play the defense they have, which is the thing you need if you're betting on this team, because the offense is not going to be top five or great. 
They can be good, not great. To be the Celtics that we want to bet on, you need Horford and Williams. And I think it's reasonable to say, well, Williams doesn't stay healthy and Horford has got to be hitting a drop-off point at some point. And this would be a reasonable time to bet on it at his age after a lot of mileage last year. So as we talk through it for those reasons, and just, again, the number, I lean more toward the under than I did even before. It's it's just too high. 255 and a half wins. This is not a decade ago. There are not 60 win teams everywhere. We had two teams go over this last year and one by a half a game. So it's just, I think it's a under or pass. There are ways for you to bet this. And I know that this is the approach that you've taken. And we talked about this in the Southwest division. There's ways for you to basically bet the Celtics under through the division. And we'll talk about that next yeah. as, we le- as we lead to Yours and mine, our Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> this is a Sixers podcast for this season. Just be advised. Uh, there's a 50 and a half in the market. There's a 51 and a half in the uh, in the market if you want and under. Those are the best values I found. Uh, I lean over. This is a best bet for Brandon over. Let's start, Brandon, with what your projection is for the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, I think this is my favorite o- over on the entire board, not division, like everything. Nice. So I have the Sixers second defensively behind only the Celtics and potentially number one defense, top five for sure. I have them eighth on offense. So just to refresh, I had Boston ninth and first, I have Philly eighth and second. So more or less the same profile I have the Sixers at 52 to 60 wins. It is a high floor team. I love the defense. I absolutely love the offseason. Daryl Morey checked every box. P.J. Tucker, DeAnthony Melton, Daniel House raising the floor defensively. They have one or two MVP candidates, 1.5, maybe 1.4 at this point. I don't know what we think of James Harden, but we know what he can be. And so... The offensive ceiling is there that Boston, I don't think, has a chance to get to because of Embiid and Harden. And frankly, Tobias Harris as a fourth guy and Tyrese Maxey getting to the third and number 2B sort of guy. We love this team. We've talked about Philly probably, what, four or five times already this offseason and kept encouraging you, urging you, begging you to bet overs. And yeah, we like them. I have some other alternate ways to support them too. But what do you got on Philadelphia? All right, well, let's start here. Uh, when James Harden and Joel Embiid were both in the lineup last season, they went 14-7. and seven. If you extrapolate that over the course of a season, that's a 54-win team right there. Just, hey, you don't have to believe in their playoff ability. You don't have to believe in Harden's ability to stay healthy or in shape. You don't have to believe in a lot you definitely have to factor in Embiid's health into this win total, but you're going to have to do that with a lot of teams. If Embiid plays a healthy majority of the season and Harden plays a healthy majority of the season, the Philadelphia 76ers are going to win at least 52 games, which gets you over under any number. Like it's just pretty simple there. I mentioned the number on, on 51 teams and it is relevant here. So 27, 15 and one to the under, if you have a win total over 50. So that's a, like a little bit of word caution is that teams are with a, with a number over 50, and there are a lot this season, they have tended to go under in the last 10 years. So uh, like a little bit of a caution that this number, it feels very low, which is why I lean over with you. But it is a little bit of a, these teams with high expectations oftentimes get hurt by whatever. Um, they've won 50 or more in four of five seasons. Obviously, this is the Joel Embiid 
like era in the last five seasons they've gone they've won 50 or more or out of 50 win pace in right. the seasons in four or five 2020 was the exception and obviously there was some things that happened that kind of disrupted that they probably wouldn't have gotten there in that season anyway because of how things were going but in general that team was still good enough to be with at least like have a shot at going over if the if the uh reduction hadn't happened um you know the Embiid injury risk i think you you have to factor in it's different from you know, like, well, if Joel Embiid gets hurt, you're going to go under is different from, well, if Nikola Jokic gets hurt, you're going to go under because Jokic has a history of being one of the most consistently available players and Embiid doesn't. A big reason why I'm in on the over here is not only the stuff you talked about with the additions of, of basically former Rockets, but also <laughs> I'm buying Tyrese Maxey. They realized in the playoffs, like, okay, he's, he's not just a regular season, dude. This isn't Jordan Clarkson. Like, Tyrese can go like he's he's a gamer. He's one of those guys you can trust in a playoff environment that matters. It matters for when James Harden sits and that Maxi can keep up the production. He's only getting better and can fill in those minutes. It matters in that Harden really was content a lot of the times to draw attention and then feed Maxi who would tear the defense up. Having another on ball creator is, I think, really valuable there, uh, as well as I'll say, I think there's upside for this season. I still think a Tobias Harris trade is possible. If a team gets to where they're like, all right, we need to re- we just need to pivot. They might pick up on Harris and get the, the Sixers a little bit of extra help, but their depth is good enough as it is. Second in defense is is optimistic, I think, based off <laughs> of what I've seen from this team in recent seasons. But PJ Tucker's a motherfucker. Like he's just really tough. Uh Daniel House, really tough. They brought in really tough defenders. They have a lot of guys that know how much it matters. And Bede's presence, he was really good on the edge last year, a lot better than honestly I thought he was. He's always going to be a little susceptible to having to play drop and getting floaters cut on him, but that's a playoff problem and not a regular season issue in the regular season, much like it is with Gobert, giant guys that intimidate at the rim are really helpful in getting you wins and beats fantastic at that. So all the basketball stuff does match up. I'm not making this a best bet over simply because of, of my concern over Embiid's availability. And the number being at 50, if this is like 48 and a half, I'd be like, oh yeah, let's go. But at 50 and a half, I'm going to be cautious. It's a like, I'm not just leaning. I'm tilting very much over. Like I've had four (laughs) shots of vodka. Like I'm, I'm leaning real hard to the over. I'm just not willing to bet it. What is interesting, I think is the division stuff. This was 400 or longer. I think I got a 425 early in the process. No pun intended. And now it's down to plus 375. <laughs> Their seeding is four and a half, juiced under minus 125 at DraftKings. Uh, what are some derivative markets that you like for the Sixers as well as the over? Yeah, I love the division. So obviously the reasons that we just talked about to be, I don't know, skeptical of the Celtics or skeptical of Celtics greatness, because you have to, division is a bet on five teams, not one. So you have to consider that. And we'll talk about obviously the Nets shortly. I don't think the Raptors are in play for the division. I have the Philadelphia 76ers as a division winner at them at 45% to win. That would make them a, by my number, about a plus 125. And that makes this a smash play. If I'm getting a 375, I know it's not what it was before. And I too thought that the number would get juicier once Brooklyn settled down and was like, oh, great. We got a three team division race now too, which I don't really think we do, but I thought the numbers would reflect it. I'm a little disappointed. They don't. But this is my favorite division play on the board, in part because you know how I do things. I've got other division plays where I'm like, well, I don't think this team's going to win the division, but the number is bad. You should bet it because it could happen, and it could happen more than what the number says. 
this is the number is bad. And I think they're going to win the division. Like, I think you are likely to win the bet and it is a huge edge in your favor, which we don't always get both of those with the way that I'm playing the numbers. So yeah, I think the division is, is a play you have to make here. Yeah. I saw the seating. That was shocking to me that that's the number that we're getting there. There's an alternate over 53 and a half at plus one ninety. Uh, that doesn't entice me that much. It's not a juicy enough number for a really high win total. So I don't know that I need that one. You can do at DraftKings plus 1,100 to have the most wins in the season. I like that. I'm not going to put a huge amount on it, but uh, Philadelphia would be probably one of three teams that I would put as my my leaders in that area. Um, so I think that's a good number. Plus 500, number one seed in the East at DraftKings. So, so yeah, I want to talk about that. Would yeah. you? Which of those would you play? What we just said. Because I think if you are the one seed in the East, I think you do have the best record. I would rather play the 1100 because the West is brutal. I like the East one. Just, <laughs> you like the sure win. I like the big payout. We're back yeah, to that again, right? Yeah, because it's just <laughs> like, look, if the Suns go back in and they win 63 or sure. the Clippers, like Kawhi decides to play, like what if I told you Kawhi played 75 games this season? Um, I would, I would laugh at you yeah. 75. Really? Are we counting the playoffs and preseason? <laughs> like, you know, let's say that yeah, that happened. Or... Any, all you need is one team to be great. I understand. Yeah. And so, so I, I mean, I think like... the answer is you play both. If you, if you well, like mine to do the, the overall, then you can just play both and you have protection. Well, and this is, it's also looking at the contour of the league. I think there's more teams that are trying to prove it in the Western conference and prove it. Teams always want to win more. Sure. Versus in the East, the Nets don't need to prove it. The Celtics don't need to prove it. We just talked about the value on the under. Um, the Bucs could certainly do it, but the Bucs also, like, they're playing the long game for the title. Like, what's the team in the Eastern? Like, the Cavaliers are your biggest threat. Do you think the Cavaliers are going to win 56 games, 57 games? Like, even for you, that's a lot. So, yeah, that's for fair. me, like, in the East, we look at the context of the Eastern Conference. Getting 5-1 to one on that's still really good. We've talked a lot about the 1-2s finishing division in the division. You can get Sixers Celtics at plus 800, Sixers Nets at plus 1000. I'm not going to bet it because I think there's a lot of instability in the in this division. Um and there's another team that we have to talk about in a minute that's that is just I they're my nemesis and I will <laughs> not get involved in things where they can screw me. Um but I do think that Sixers Celtics plus 800 like bet if you're going to play yeah. it play 1.5 on that versus like a 0.5 on the plus 1000 Sixers Nets I would lean you're going to do it a little bit towards six or Celtics, right? Yeah. If you're saying, if you're going to do both of them, put, put maybe three quarters of, of your bet on those two, put three quarters on the Celtics finishing yeah. second and a quarter of it on the nets. I, I agree with that. Uh, the 800, I, I looked at that as well. And uh, if you're wondering, can I just play both of those so that the Sixers win the division and either of them is second, I just, I don't believe Toronto or New York can do it. You can, you basically just get the 375 again. So you're, you're not getting an advantage there. I want to talk about what, so you're, you're leaning, you're the leaning tower piece on this. I want to help try to push you to a bet on this. And here's the reason your skepticism on the Embiid injury, I think is very fair. Your point of this is not Jokic. Jokic is durable and has played year after year knock on all the wood, keep staying healthy, big fella. You're right. Embiid absolutely historically is much more likely to miss games or a swath of the season a thing that I like about this team a lot, and part of why I feel so confident in the over, I think Embiid will miss time. I think Harden will miss time. I think we have to factor that in at this point. But when Embiid misses time, 
Now you have Maxi to step up. Now you have James Harden to go MVP mode for three weeks, just three weeks, and keep the team afloat. Harden's out. Now Embiid can do the Embiid thing for a while. They're both out. All right, that's fine. Tobias has been like the engine of a 500 team before, and Maxi has his X factor. And if you can lose Harden and Embiid and still be a 500 plus team for a couple of weeks, that's huge. Yeah. So the floor defensively, and like one of the things I do going into the season, I haven't done this yet, but I like to just say, okay, who's the best player in the team, each team, second best, third best. And then I rank them all to each other just to kind of say granular. How do these teams stack up? I haven't done it yet, but when I do that, the Sixers, when you look at who's the best player, they're going to have a top five answer to that question. Second best player, they're going to have a top three answer to that question. Third best, they're going to be top five. Fourth best, top five. They, they have these star players in a star-driven league so that when the bad thing does happen, and it's more likely to happen with the Sixers, they have the answer to that test already in hand. So that's part of the reason that I really like the over two, because even in the bad scenarios, I think they have better answers than a lot of other teams. So you almost got me. <laughs> You've almost got me. But my hesitation is basically that I don't have them, their defensive floor as high as you. Last Fair. season, dunksandthrees.com, which we use a lot because it factors in strength of schedule. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers were 11th in defensive rating. That was a lot of things went their way and they were 11th. Is this team better suited to win regular season games than the team with Ben Simmons and Tobias and those type of teams that did not win? Yes. If you're like the rest of the guys will go. I think the problem is I think there will be a lot of nights where they're like, look, Joel's out. And if Joel's resting, James is resting. And so we're going to pull both of them. And now it's like, well, okay, we know that we're not really trying to win because we pulled both. Like it, it, it's just, again, it's, it's, I needed it to be like 49 and a half. I just, if a 49 and a half pops in the market, I will bet the over. I will say that. I just can't get to the 50 win threshold. Even though, as you said, they've been in a 50 win pace for the last five years. So that's already the floor they've shown. And that yeah, includes think, lots of Embiid injuries. And isn't this team the best version of the five-year Sixers? I think a reasonable floor is 50. So I want, if it's 50 and a half, I need one more. I want, like... Okay, that's fair. I know. It's, it's the sounds, number. You're playing the number again. Really, that one win matters. Yeah. So I, I that's my number. It's just, that's and that's feeling more than it is science. It's All just, right. for me, I need a 49 and a half. You've well, I'll bet a little extra for you. Let's talk about the fucking nets. All right. <laughs> 49 and a half at Circa and Superbook, the books that we regard as a little bit sharper. 51 and a half at points bet if you want a higher number for the under. This move, uh, this number obviously moved a lot after Kevin Durant retracted his trade request. Uh, the, the, the message I'm going to say here over and over again is don't bet this. You're going to talk, <laughs> if you are a better and you pay attention to the NBA, you will either have an impulse to be like, are you kidding me? You expect me to trust this team? No way. Like KD's probably going to ask out. Kyrie's going to fuck off to who knows where. I'm taking the under. Like there's so much value here. Or you're going to be like KD and Kyrie. No COVID concerns. They got better with the additions. Look at like, I don't care. KD, Kyrie, healthy Ben Simmons. This number is way too low. We thought this team was going to win the, like their number was 56 and a half last year. I think people are sleeping. I'm on the net. Just don't. There's no reason to bet this number, people. 
Like, there's no reason to bet on the Brooklyn Nets for anything. It's not, I very rarely take a position of of actually asking people that are involved in the betting. <laughs> if you are not like a professional gambler who whose opinion I respect a lot, if you're just like a casual better, I am begging you, please don't bet on this team. And either way, what's your projection for Nets? So I largely agree with that, with this exception. Please don't bet on this over under. Please don't bet on a median expected outcome for the team. If you want to bet on an extreme outcome, okay, I can do that. I think the Brooklyn Nets, and this is my projection, the Brooklyn Nets are the East New Orleans Pelicans. That's what the Nets are. I have the Nets fourth on offense. I think they could be number one on offense if everything goes well. As I'm 23rd on defense, they're not going to be good. We know this. We know they're not going to be a good defensive team. The question is, can they be average or bad or terrible? And those things matter. Which one of those answers it is, I think, is your answer to the question. So that I always do the, the similar teams thing. And I thought that was really telling for this one. So here are some of the teams that come out similar to the Nets. If you Basically, if you're looking at, okay, who's a team that finished about fourth on offense, 23rd on defense? By the way, that puts them about 46 to 54 wins. Yeah. So again, stay away from the number. It's right in the middle. Here are the similar teams. Brooklyn from two years ago. Duh, that kind of makes sense. Denver from two of the last three years. Lots of offense eh, on the defense. Dallas, not last year, but the two years before. So not the one where the defense got really good. The two where Luka did everything and they just had enough defense to, again, like Denver. Houston, 2019. So that's the team with Harden and Chris Paul and Clint Capella. That's a similar team. That's a similar sort of construction of superstar, second star point guard, one defender. So, and and the Pelicans, this year's Pelicans are another similar team to that range. I, I don't know really what the team is, but those teams we just said, they're not teams I want to bet on median expected outcomes at all. I want no part. I will even push back on the, on the outliers. You're getting a higher number, but I don't find them to be more or less likely than any of the other ones. Like when you start talking about this, I, I began considering the idea of what if you took to miss the playoffs and the number one seed. But then I, I thought, is that any more or less likely than them winning 51? Just winning 51 games right in between the two numbers. If you have an over, you hit. If you have an under, you win. If you have an over, you win between 49 and a half and 51 and a half. Is that... Is, is a number one seed or out of the plot. There's just, there's okay. so much. But, but let me respond to that from like a math perspective. No, absolutely. The outliers are not more likely, but if you think of the old, our friend, the bell curve in most teams, you have this kind of fat curve in the middle and you're going to end up somewhere in that big fat middle with Brooklyn. I think the curve is flattened. So the ends the, the extremes are more likely than most teams yeah. and the moderate outcomes are less likely so like miss the playoffs is 12 to one. If you don't like this team, if you think that I, I, they might trade guys, they might tank if they do, they might just have injuries. Kyrie might walk off the edge of the earth. If you think any of those things, 12 to one on that extreme end of a higher extreme curve, I think is in play. I don't like the other end of the extreme personally, but if you like it, you're right. It's not more likely than 51 or 50 that they're going to get there, but it is more likely than a lot of other teams' extreme versions, I think. Yeah, I get it. 
Uh, I have a quote from everyone's favorite executive, the anonymous NBA <laughs> executive. I asked a uh, very a veteran who's been in the league a long time about what was his sense on what's going to happen with the trades with Brooklyn, if they're going to stand pat or if this is eventually going to come back up, if Katie's going to ask out. And his direct quote, which he said I could quote him on, was who fucking knows? Uh, that was the actual <laughs> direct quote. So, like, there's just a sense of no one thinks that... I talked to an analytics person who he has a background in game theory. It says made a lot of sense. He's, he just said, you're not dealing with, he's like in the NBA, you're very often not dealing with rational actors, which makes game theory impossible with Brooklyn. You're dealing with decidedly irrational actors. So you simply can't make adjustments. Look, if you think the KD and Kyrie are going to play the whole season, if KD's not going to get hurt and Kyrie's going to play and Simmons is going to play, this is a really good team. They add TJ Warren. That's a really good pickup. They add Royce O'Neal. That's a really good pickup for their defense. That makes up, I think, to a degree for losing Bruce Brown. I think Bruce Brown's better and more impactful, but that helps. Yeah. Um, they they add, up- by the way, Joe Harris back this year Joe and Harris. all well, season of Seth Curry. Mm. Well, they, okay, we're doing the good picture. The good picture is they get Joe back and Seth all season too. There's a lot of guys here if things go well. I'm just saying, like, there's still been a lot of. I will say that, like, wait to hear on Joe Harris. If that, if, if literally you betting on the Brooklyn Nets is whether or not you think Joe Harris is healthy, wait until camp and make sure, sure. that he was a full participant. I'm serious. Like, this is his, that, that injury has had a lot of people concerned at the deadline. Um, they add Markeith Morris. I think you downgrade them for that. I'm sorry. I do. <laughs> I just think that if you add a Morris brother, you should be downgraded. I think you, you should lose points in the power rating. Um, I, we don't do the do you want your money tied up a lot question and the reason is because you and i both like the futures market and we feel especially in the nba especially in the nba there may be more value playing long-term sustainable futures across an a2 game season and into the playoffs rather than playing night to night because of how unstable a number of things we always talk about are but i will say if there's any team that's like do you do you want to be watching your bet value like do you want to be checking your account and seeing that ticket when Durant has to miss time, Durant has a lot of miles on him, had the Achilles, missed time this season, missed a serious chunk of the season. His recovery from the Achilles has been by far the best of any player I've ever seen, including Dominique Wilkins, who was first team all NBA after coming back. KD's been the best. It, it still causes a lot of issues and he gets banged up and that's okay. He's going to miss time. They're not going to prioritize it. Kyrie Irving, period. What, what more do I need to say here? Nash. Yeah, agreed. I was going to bring that up if you didn't. We don't know if he's a good coach yet, on the court or off the court. Katie tried to get it fired. <laughs> like, well, if we Nash don't know what that gets, means either, but there's there's a, there's a whole lot of question marks on the team. Yeah, if this starts badly and Nash gets fired, Jacques Vaughn is the most likely candidate to take over from the Orlando Magic days. Did not go well there. Vaughn's a very well respected coach. He's very well respected despite the Orlando. And there's been a lot of good coaches that did not work in Orlando. But you don't look at that and go like. Wow. You you do not look at if Jacques Vaughn takes over, we're not going to be running towards futures. That's not I, I don't know. Me. I don't know what the Brooklyn scenario is where we're running towards futures. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, you're right. rotation yeah. is Nick Claxton, Dayron so, Sharp, who I like a lot. Ben Simmons. I don't. <laughs> so yeah, Ben, maybe if they decide to finally let him do it, will if he decides to do it. I I yeah. just I I I don't want to bet anything with this team. Let, let me let me try to sell you on on two bets potentially. If you if you are listening, we're not going to bet these. I'm not going to bet these. <laughs> okay. But if you're listening and you want to bet the Nets, how about seeding? 
DraftKings seating over under three and a half. Juice the same on both sides. I like the over on that because I can very, very easily tuck myself into three teams in the regular season that I trust and like more than the Nets. I I can't. They okay. When KD was playing there at a 52 win pace, even before Kyrie got back. All right. The other one is they are five to one to make the plan. They just did that last year. That's already the version that we saw of this team. I feel like if you are thinking about the the 12 to one to miss the playoffs, I said, I think you have to maybe just take the five to one plane instead because they're probably going to come out of the plan. So I would, would yeah. I would literally, I would literally take the 12 to one and pay whatever I have to on the money line. to head. <laughs> like If you're going to do it, like, that's what I would do. Um, because then you're covered if they just, if they fall short, if they like that, that's what I would do. I wouldn't take the five to one. Okay. Um, Last nuts question yeah. for you. You kind of did this already, but finish the story. Everything goes reason within reasonable outcomes. Everything goes well for the Nets this year. What's the ceiling? Like, where do they end up? Are they the one seed? Did they win the title? Where, how far does this team go in the reasonable best expectation? They're over. They win the division. They're within a game of another team for the best record in the East. And we look at them as the favorite to win the title. Okay. Yeah. I think that that's fair. That's about what I would say. I think I have them about 16% in the division. So they're not, not in the running. They're not the favorite. I think over one of the best teams in the East, I think number one offense is a reasonable expectation. If things click, I still would probably have them out in a Eastern conference finals. I think that's, to me, that's the reasonable ceiling of where I the mean, team can go. I, I said that we consider them the favorites. I didn't say we would bet them. So, <laughs> I, I understand. That's, that's, that's I, I, heard, that I heard that clarity from yeah. you loud and clear. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go to uh, this fucking team. The Toronto <laughs> that's two Raptors. teams in a row. <laughs> 44 and a half is the lowest on the board at points bet. Super Bowl and Circa are at 46 and a half. So if you, you're going to have to fade the sharp books if you want the under but that's the best number you can get 45 and a half under is plus plus one ten at FanDuel. So you get a little extra juice. If you play it at FanDuel, if you're looking for an under bet, let's just start here. What's your projection for the Raptors? So I have them 18th on offense, 11th on defense, 38 to 48 wins. It's yeah. a higher variance team on my list. My similar teams, I'm not going to list them off, but it was a jarring, alarming list of teams. And two of the eight teams that came out on my similarity scale finished above 500. That was shocking to me and made me rethink where am I at on the Raptors? They're basically running back a wonky, weird team. Like they're not similar to any of the teams on the list, really, because nobody is similar to this team. And I just think there's a lot more downside to this team than there is upside. I do not think that this team is that good. I've never thought this team was that good. I didn't think this team was that good when they won the title. I will never think that this team is that good. And that's not a personal animus. It's just about how I evaluate the roster. I think Fred Van Vliet is legitimately one of the most underrated players in the league. He's incredible. I think OG Ananobi is maybe the most overrated player in basketball internet. I think is in terms of basketball internet, he is the one player above all that I think is put up higher than he <laughs> should be. Anthony Davis at least has detractors. OG Ananobi does not because nobody cares enough. So I thought there was value on the under last year because I thought there was a, a, a chance that they might tank. I think that they might have gotten there. If you had told me at the beginning of last year when I did the win totals analysis that Nick Nurse, known as one of the top five coaches in the NBA, was going to play his starters 35 to 40 minutes a night <laughs> for three months, 
I would have been like, yeah, we're betting the over. They just, they're going to play the starters all the time. They still have no bench. They don't have any centers. It's like precious is, is good. Mm-hmm. I think precious is, is I would say among centers. Cause it's a low bar, right? Like we have Jokic and Embiid. And then we got a lot of, we have Jokic and Embiid in towns. And then we got like a lot of like, eh, right. Yeah. So, and, and Mobley, right. We'll put him up there. Uh, if, even though he's power forward right now, like, Precious has some good things. Chris Boucher has a couple of nights every month where he's pretty good. The depth is still really bad. They don't have almost any depth. They haven't gotten better in those regards. There's a lot of tension internally. Look, this team actively was trying to make trades for Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. from the deadline through free agency, and Masai couldn't get the deals he wanted. And Masai's not going to do a deal that nets him bad. He doesn't do trades just to do trades. He only moves them when he knows he's getting great value. Gary Trent Jr. wants a bigger role. OG Anobi, by most accounts, Raptors media pushes back on this. I want to note that. If you trust the local beat writers, this is a non-thing. There's a lot of sentiment around the, around the league that OG Anobi wants a bigger role. And he's never going to get it with not only Fred VanVleet and Pascal Siakam, but, but Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes, being as good as he was last year and being a rookie of the year, changed a lot about the trajectory of this team, of this franchise, the win totals, the futures, everything. Your bet on this team should, I think, in my opinion, should be tied to how good you think Scotty Barnes is. I, regardless of how good I think this team is or how not good I think this team is, have been absolutely kicked in the nuts by them enough. <laughs> I will never bet this team as it is currently constructed. Uh, it is a pure stay away for me. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I would say with Scotty, if you want to be on this team, if you want to bet the over, it has to be Scotty because I don't think has to be Scotty and just belief in Nick Nurse and and Masai. That's the that's the over. That's the bet. It's just that. And I, I can't stop you from making that bet. Those are three guys worth betting on if you would like to. But to me, the thing you said about like their minutes, that's why when I say more downside than upside, that's why. That's not me saying I don't believe in Scotty Barnes' upside. No, I believe in the downside of you can't play 40 minutes of like grind it out you know, hard defense style basketball that the Raptors are going to play. You can't just do that forever. Your body's going to break down. And I think it's great that the Raptors last season really maximized what they could be. They got the best out of what Fred Van Vliet could be. They get the best out of Pascal Siakam for at least half the season. He was a superstar and all NBA type player. They're getting the best out of these guys. That's great. But that means that we're already at the ceiling performance. Now, if something goes wrong, what if Pascal goes back to, to bad Pascal? What if Fred misses a month because he's been playing 70 minutes a night? Like the, the reasons of where things could go bad, there's just there's more of them and they're easy to find. The minutes have to go down a little bit. And then how do you offset that? Well, Scotty has to be the answer. There, there's not a different answer than Scotty, or I guess a trade if you think it's gonna happen, but I, I like the idea of this team. I think early in the year we suggested, or maybe I suggested an over because I thought that there was a possibility they'd be good and you were pricing in the Durant possibility. Well, that's done now. That's not happening. So yeah, I don't, I, I think that this team, they're, they're more capped than I expected when I was really looking at them. And I have them, I ended up actually moving them down a tier in my Eastern rankings they're at the top, but they're at the top of a tier with the Bulls and the Knicks in my basically play-in tier. So I think if you you don't want to bet them to make the play-in, they're plus 110. There's no value on that to me. 
But if you don't like what this team would be in a play-in game, plus 180 to miss the playoffs, I think is maybe a bet you do on this team. I would lean under. It's a team that I kind of feel like I need to fade. The seeding is six and a half, but it's also juiced over. Yeah. You can get a minus 105 at DK on under. I don't mind that bet. If you ask me objectively, just spitballing. 44 and a half. Is that number soft? My answer is yes. I think that number is a little soft. 44 and a half specifically. When you get to 46 and a half, I do not think it's soft. But 44 and a half, I think is a little soft for a team with a top five coach. Van Vliet is, I don't know, what would you say? Top 12 in point guards, probably factoring his three-point efficiency. Sure. Yeah, I'd probably even go higher, but certainly top 12. Yeah, I'd probably go higher too. Pascal Siakam is an X power forward. Scotty Barnes is an, an X small forward it just you you put all this together and you're just like okay they got a lot of talent here they got a lot of talent it's a well-coached team they want to win you said that the the kd stuff is over is it it might not be that's a possibility but i want to bet on it um i'm staying away i think if you want to bet this the best play is the under six and a half minus 105 because basically even if we say celtics sixers Nets, Bucks are going to be better. That's four. You would put the Cavs in there. That's five. It's like, are the Raptors definitely going to be worse than Heat, Hawks, Bulls? No, they're in that range. We think that they're probably in that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors finish with a better record than the Heat. I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat won 10 more games than them. But I think they're in that range. And so I think the Raptors can probably, like, under six and a half, I think, is a decent number for what well, the you're you would want the over then right over sorry over six over six and a half minus 105 so my my only push to that would be you can bet to make the plan at plus 110 and if they're over the six seed then they're in the plan unless you think it's a real threat to Uh, 11 or lower let's go back back. i want the under because i think they're gonna be a top six seed oh okay oh all right well i don't want that (laughs) so we're a little bit on the opposite here if i if i did it but i think i will probably put a small bet on the under um, at, at 46 and a half, because I think that number is a little too on the high end of what this team should be. Final team in the, in the division as always, uh, is the New <laughs> York Knickerbockers, the pants. They are, there's a 37 and a half. That's the lowest, but it's juice minus 135 over at points bet. We talk about the importance of one game. I think this is one where you should just probably go a little bit higher. There's a 40 at Circa, which I thought was interesting the sharp books are a little higher on the Knicks 39 and a half at Superbook and, and DraftKings. a 40 at Circa. There's a 38 and a half plus 100 over at FanDuel. So if you want the over, that's probably your best number is take the extra win and get the plus juice at FanDuel um, at 38 and a half. And that, that to me is the best value on the board. If you want over, if you want the under Circa right now of the books I've looked at is the best value at 40. Uh, we both lean to the over here. What's your projection on the New York Knicks? I have New York 22nd on offense, 7th on defense, and I have them at 39 to 43 wins, which is, I think, maybe my narrowest range on the board. I think we know what this team is. They're a 500 team. They're going to play defense. They're going to try hard every night. Tibbs is going to play all his guys. Their bench is good. This is the Knicks that we've seen. I think there's reason to think they should be a little better than last year. Jalen Brunson basically in for Kemba Walker. Duh, that's obviously an upgrade. That's going to raise the offensive floor. Isaiah Hardenstein, I think, is a 
really important addition and makes their defense a lot better and gives them a floor there. Yeah, Knicks fans, you should you should think this team's going to be better than last year. You sucked last year, so that's not really saying that much. So that's the problem. I think it's probably a 500 team. I think it's very much a play-in team. That's the Knicks. So last year, they were a best bet over for me, because and a lot of people liked it, 41 and a half. We were like, this team is really good last year. They would be worse, but they're not going to be that much worse. And then they were that much worse. Um, There's a lot of things that went into that, obviously. Um, They won 37 games last season. You add Jalen Brunson, and you get internal improvement from R.J. Barrett. Let's say that that's all they get. We'll talk about some of the bench guys I like in a minute. Let's say that's all they get, is they get just they add Brunson, Barrett improves a little, even if Julius Randle is a dumpster fire and doesn't improve at all over last season. That's probably worth two wins. Like RJ and Jalen are probably worth combined. Like RJ's improvement is worth like a half win. Jalen's probably worth 1.5, maybe 1.25 wins. At 37, if we add that, we still wind up getting to a, the over here. So that's where I wind up being like, I have a slight lean to the over at the very bare minimum. The problem is I'm always going to skew towards the floor with them, right? Like their floor is near this number, I think. But I always skew towards the floor because of how they're run, how they operate, and the talent that they have. Here's a trend for you. Teams that won more than 30 games. So they weren't like basically 20 to 30 is horrible. That's a lottery squad. If you won more than 30 in, and you missed the playoffs, and then the next season your total is below 40, it's 13 and nine to the over 59%. Not bad. It's pretty good. It basically says if you're a not, a, a not great, a not good, not horrible team. And the market expects you to still be sub 500. You tend to go over. That's the general trend. That's the best way for me to look at it. If the, the coach here, I think, is a net, net negative, uh, we view Tibbs as a guy that makes all his players try hard, and Taj Gibson being gone, I think, helps a little bit with this. But I'll, I'll say this. I might go the over if Tibbs comes into training camp on media day and says, yeah, Emmanuel quickly is going to play a lot. Obi Toppin is going to play a lot. And that may sound crazy. <laughs> the Nets' overall net rating was minus 0.6, which makes a lot of sense. With Toppin on the floor, they were plus 6.9. It matches the eye test. Obi Toppin was, was great last year, provided a spark. Was that versus bench units? Yeah. I'm not suggesting that if Obi Toppin started, he would become a star and they would win those minutes by the same margin. No, they would get killed. I'm saying if you just play Obi Toppin a little bit more, your numbers go up a little bit. Toppin, quickly. Same kind of deal. I wish they kept Alec Burks because he was really good too. Um, yeah, he was. The Brunson addition probably moves Fournier, I would imagine, to the bench. And if that's the case... And if not, then it's, it, you know, you do have some shooting around around Bronson, which I think is good if Fournier is with him. Fournier can help the bench. There's a lot of ways to kind of lean towards the over here. It's it, You just wind up being like, yeah, but it's the Knicks. That's, that's the best argument. I don't find that to be a compelling reason to go under. I'm just not, it, I, I don't look at this team and go, that's a 42-win team, or even that's a 41-win team. I'm not like, yeah, that's a 41-win team. I'm definitely like, eh, 35 to 39. Yeah. yeah, and I'm a little higher than that. Like I said, I'm 39 to 43. So I guess by my numbers, probably I should be, this should be a strong lean or a bet. I just don't really feel like I need to bet money on the Knicks. <laughs> I just don't. I, <laughs> yeah. I I don't really feel like they deserve my money and that I need to pay attention to be fighting out for that 38th and 39th win when I think eh, they're probably going to get it. But I think they're going to get it with like a week or two left in the season. And I just, you don't have to bet everything. I don't need to bet this team. 
I, I like it. I like the defense. Their profile was still there last year. Um, and having having Mitch and Hartenstein both as like when I looked at their defense last year, I wasn't under last year. And it was because I didn't believe in the defense. Their profile stayed. The big men didn't. They got a lot worse defense from the big men last year. So I like that. I love the bench. That's been the strength of the team. Uh, I'm projecting Derek Rose quickly, Quentin Grimes, Obi, and Hartenstein is the bench. Yeah, that bench is going to run a bunch of teams in the NBA and and close the gap on them, which they're going to need to because the starters are going to be behind when the bench comes in. But it works. It wins a bunch of games. So I like it. I like the Knicks enough for what they should be. That Here's a, a DraftKings just put this up, I think. You can do exact finish in the division. Obviously, I think obviously the Knicks are juiced to finish last in this very tough division. They're minus 220. Union Bad New York to go at three to one to finish fourth in the division. Do you like New York enough to think that there is a 25% chance that they finish ahead of somebody, anybody? The Nets fall off, the Sixers all get injured, the Raptors do Raptors y things. Do you think that the Knicks have a 25% chance of finishing ahead of one team? This seems like the type of bet that whenever I'm scrolling through my pending bets makes me mad. Halfway through <laughs> the that's, so. that's how I feel about every Knicks bet. That's why I'm not betting it. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a no play. Uh, best bets for the division. Brandon and I are both have a best bet on the over. I've been swayed to the Sixers, I've decided. Let's I'm gonna go. Go ahead and, I'm going to go ahead and bet on the over. Uh, I've got a best bet on the under. Brandon will probably bet Raptors under, but it's a lean. We both have stayaways on the Nets. Do you have a best bet in any of the derivatives on the Nets or just options? Uh, no, the, my only my only derivative one is just Sixers division is my favorite division play plus 375. Division plus 375 and nothing on the Knicks for us. Let's grab it up for the Atlantic division. We'll be back with a final win totals episode of the preseason on Thursday, this coming Thursday. Uh, you can find all of our stuff in the Action Network app, including this podcast. Lots of stuff to find in there. Brandon's picks for NFL. He does every single game, bet, lean, pass every single week. Check that out. He's on two podcasts a week on NFL. He's absolutely everywhere. Check him out. Follow him in the app. Follow him on Twitter at Wheaton Brando, W-H-E-A-T-O-N-B-R-A-N-D-O. Find me on Twitter at HP Basketball. Leave us those five-star reviews. They help us so much. Thanks for spreading the word. We'll talk to you guys again next time. And as always, let's get pockets.